Super Big and Brand, and I'm joined by David the Yabaltether. Hi, everybody. I, it's like David the gets stuck in by Glottis the Third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we, so um, we had a short notice problem. Um, Erica got sick, so couldn't join us. So we reached out to our friends as fast as possible, and we're incredibly pleased to be joined by the resplendent Anna Meyer, fantasy cartographer. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have to be back. Yep. Oh, we're just privileged to have you as a friend and as a guest. And as a patron. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I'm just I'm I'm chuffed to bits. <laughs> um, Anna, for for listeners who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Anna Meyer. I'm a, a, a Swede that moved to California about ten years ago, and and I'm I'm working been working as a fantasy cartographer for yeah for a bit over a decade, and so I do maps of uh, game settings primarily, but now cities and a bunch of other stuff too. Did. The the interesting one you did a while back, it was a you did something for oh what was that game called? It's that one RPG that's like independently made and they have like adult like Lamentations of the Flame yeah! Princess. I did a map for 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 yeah for for it's a fin it's an American guy who lives in Finland that does the game. So I did a map. He needed a short it was another short notice. He was like he had one cartographer lined up and then he was like, Oh that that, that person couldn't do it for some reason and he reached out an email saying, Can you do that in a couple of weeks? And normally I would say no, 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 but this is eight nine years ago, and 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 I just jumped on it, and and I just did a, a quick and dirty thing. It was not something to be proud of, but it was. I quick remember and dirty. when you did it because I I had just heard of them because they were they had done something for Free RPG Day. Exactly, this was for for the second Free RPG Day. I think they did or or something because it was for Free RPG and some other module. I think it ended up in two products, but I might be mistaken on that one. But yeah. So it, yeah, mm-hmm. so so, but it, it was one of these really quick people, and it was before they got big. A few years later, they got NEs and and all sorts of stuff, and 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 nice. for, okay. for their for that kind of horror uh, fantasy horror RPG. I think is the would be the more appropriate term. The big thing that put you on the map was your Greyhawk Atlas. Yeah, I started. Yeah, I started doing Greyhawk over like 30 years ago and and in the 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 late 90s i started mapping greyhawk and and did it as a hobby project and the internet came around i started putting them the internet and then i moved to california i needed a job so i just like okay let's finish that greyhawk project and then i i while i was finishing that up then a bunch of publishers started reaching out to me and asked me can you map for them so i did for cobalt press was the biggest that's 
to date is actually the the most area I've covered I've, I've done for Midgard. I've done more more area for Midgard than I've done for Greyhawk, but but it's uh, Greyhawk is catching up and and it will surpass it fairly soon and in quality too. So you're so, also so you also point. stream and you're mm -hmm. on yeah. um you you're a frequent guest on a lot of streams and podcasts, yeah. aren't you? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm on. I'm a regular on Lord Gusumba's Twitch channel. Is Jay Scott? He runs a D and D show. He's he's one of the top D and D streamers, and and so he has uh, two shows that I'm usually on. He has other games and stuff too, and sometimes I play in them occasionally. But then we have a Legends and Lore show on Wednesdays when we talk about the Greyhawk setting, and on Sundays we this afternoon we go we have a called Gabin show. We we usually we have a lot of people on. We talk about RPGs in general and D&D in particular, so to speak. And how about run your games? You have guests that we interview and stuff like that. So today we're going this afternoon we're going to have Anthony Pryor. He he wrote Lankmar, a bunch of other oh wow you know, I modules the back familiar. in the day. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to talk to him. So that will be a lot of fun. It's on on the Twitch, Lord Gusumba. And I do my own uh, map uh, Twitch streaming usually on Fridays when I'm sit and do have a regular work session. It's boring as watching paint dry, but we usually get like 40, 50 people that watch and, and watch me sit and doodle in Photoshop or do 3D terrain stuff in World Machine and so on. I can attest that it is not. <laughs> I have lurked in those streams, and it yeah. is not boring. But, but it is kind of boring in, in a way. From, but we, we from try a to talk about of someone who's yeah. not into that kind of thing. Yeah. But and, it, and, yeah, and usually on Fridays, I have my friend Linda Booth. She works a lot in 3D, and she's doing a lot of stuff for Fantasy Grounds and, and stuff like that. So she sits and, and work on her stuff, and I work on my stuff, and we babble a bit, and people come in and ask questions and chat with us. Yeah. So um, we're... One of the things we, since we, we have a last minute guest, a lot of times when we have a last minute guest, we don't have topics, but I actually proactively planned some topics for Anna. And the one we decided to go with was networking. And I thought of that for a lot of reasons. And I'll get into that when we talk about the topic, but first, but first we get to play everyone's favorite game. Uh -huh. Anna wins. And, uh, <laughs> we're gonna, so Anna's going to regale us with stuff. She's done. That's been one time I've been on the show that I didn't win. That's Anna's true. gonna regale yes. us with the nerdy things she's done, and Brian and I are both gonna scramble to come up with things that are even remotely as cool. Well, <laughs> one of the things is is she's won so many times that we can vote against her out of spite at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, but when when I lost, it was not out of spite because there was some really, really, really cool stuff. No, that, I know. That time. I yep. know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, we're going to play What's Nerdy With You, where we talk about the nerdy things we've done, and then we vote using Mike Byler's patented widget system. So as our guest, you know how it works, Anna. You get to go first. And, we, okay. and it, I, I just, it, it's always this little bit of tension because you always share something absolutely spectacular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this week I have, what I would love to share is that I have uh, signed up for my dream cartography project but that's under NDA so I can't talk about it yet so it's not being announced yet so but it's it's one of my my dream project coming true so we'll see how much dream it will be after the project but we'll see at least it's on paper it's it's some of the coolest I could ever do so to speak so that that's good but now it's the 50th year anniversary of D&D this year so 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 Gary Khan is in in three weeks so so in at Garycon um 
there is going to be a two weekend convention this year because it's the the big year of 50 years anniversary of, of D&D. So it's Luca Gygax, the son of Gary Gygax, that runs the, the the convention. So he has now a Founders and Legends the the weekend before the main convention. So it's basically a 10 day convention. It's so I'm I'm part of planning it and but I'm going to have a couple of seminars. I'm going to be part of three seminars. And one of them is sold out, which is really cool that I'm prepping at the moment that I was actually sitting and doing it now that I will have with with Ed Greenwood and Jay Scott. We Ed Greenwood and me, we're going to talk about um, uh, maps and, and Forgotten Realms and Greyhawk and cartography and world building for two hours. And it's sold out. And I'm I'm getting I have a, some maps and I'm, I'm getting um, some that been scanned in and, and from Lem Kafka and stuff. And and we will show maps that are from the 1960s and onwards and up until today and stuff. So so I have some some nerdy nerdy stuff. Hang on a second. I'll see if I can can show a couple of them here. I have them in in a little binder here. So here is some some nerdy stuff. This is the original um, Lendor Isle map by Len Lakofka done early early on. So, so it doesn't look like much, but this is so, cool. This is this is real D and D memorabilia. For the so people speak, listening yeah. to audio only, could you describe yeah. what you're yeah. showing? This us? is an, a, a hex paper that this is probably made in the 70s, and it's it's a hex paper, and he drawn with sharpies and and crayons and stuff like that. He uh, Len Lakofka have have made a, a really cool looking map from the night about from uh, detailing his the Lendor Isles for the Greyhawk campaign. Wow. And this, this is the original Lendor Isles map. Wow. And, and, and yeah, so and Len Lakofka, unfortunately, he passed away, what is it, like three years ago now, I think. And 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 so wow. so he left some of these things and these are going to go into storage at Gary, uh, at one of the uh, real good facilities who's so going to be archived properly, so to speak. It's been sitting here and this is coming. Oh so this, oh I have a God. bunch of other stuff. I have some, hang on a second here. If anyone would like to see what Anna yeah. is currently showing the, us, the, this, join our Patreon at patreoncom radio. Yeah, this is a, a, a treat. This it's unfortunately not the original, but it is a copy done in 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 back in the 1970s of the original Greyhawk map. We're not sure if the original exists, but this is a copy made originally with scribbles on it by Len and probably maybe even Gary Gygax and stuff. So, so this is probably as oh as close we God. get to the original Greyhawk map that was made in the seventy. This is the one that was used as a as a blue as a kind of a guide. The, the map that that Darlene worked from doing the the the, the actual Greyhawk map that ended in this was the one they scribbled down and Len was sent one and because he was the co-collaborator with, with Gary so he made notes and stuff on this one so it's his personal copy of it so 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 and and it's 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 a copy put together and but he put notes so there are some stuff but it's a copy made back then and been kept ever since when so, you so, when you yeah. do your panel are these objects going to be put on some kind of overhead so everybody can see them oh yeah they, i've made yeah. i've taken i've taken my dslr out and taken proper pictures and scanned them yeah. properly so i have them and they will be available on my website and stuff too so so i will share the the copies of these really high resolution copies will be available for everybody but we just need to make sure that the physical copies i'm not going to hold on to these i'm going to 
they are going to be ar properly archived so they can be preserved for the future. So, so yeah. And there's some other adventures and 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 well, a bunch of stuff in here. Actual yeah. gaming history. In exactly. Your this is actual crazy. gaming history. So, so these are these are things from from D and D, the birth of D and D, so to speak. That See, this is why Anna was so eager to join us this morning. Yes, she exactly. Was, uh, I have I wanted cool to, stuff to share. Yeah, I wanted to show some some really really cool stuff. So we're going to discuss this with Ed Greenwood and stuff at, at Gary Combs. We had a, a mapping fantasy mapping show where we discussed some of this like a year ago, but now we're going to do it live in front of an audience. So, I'd so. be interested to see how Ed reacts to seeing some of these things because it, it would probably be a while since he's seen some of it. Well, mm -hmm. he, he has relics of Forgotten Realms that are even more. He has the original. I have a copy of that Greyhawk map. He has the original Forgotten Realms maps. Wasn't there a particular area in Greyhawk that he was involved in as well? I mean, he's not really. He, he's, just been, he's been involved in the margins because he's done so many cool dragon yeah. articles and whatnot and so on and so forth. So, yeah. And it, it's awesome. So I'm really looking forward to it. So that my, I'm in super nerd mode now. So, yeah. Oh, that. Okay, so it. I, I'm just going to straight up say that there <laughs> are no widgets. They've already... <laughs> They've already left. They're on their way to Anna. <laughs> yeah, Anna, the, the call started. Anna came on the video and the witches just climbed into the monitor. I don't know how they get there that way, but. Well, the ones that were left grabbed every magnifying glass I have and took them with them. So <laughs> yep. I assume they're going to go study your maps. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. So, I mean. It, don't ask me why I had a box full of magnifying We glasses. might as well share the nerdy stuff we did, too. So oh, please. <laughs> David, I want to hear it. Yep. David, what was nerdy with you? Uh, I went to Strategicon last weekend. Oh, I missed that. I should, oh, yeah. it was great. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of fun. Got to play uh, some Battletech on Saturday. Ooh. Uh, got to play uh, some uh, Pathfinder First Edition. I finally got to do the Ruby Phoenix tournament with a character of mine and actually retire him. Oh really? Oh yep. cool. Cool. Yeah, cool, Grant cool. Grant decided to run the Ruby Phoenix tournament for three or four of us that wanted to do it. So that, that was a lot of fun. Uh I you know what? I forgot that I ran it once and um killed somebody's character that had a had one of those rogues that they believed the rogue was invincible because of rules exploits. Uh -oh. You know, like 38 armor class yeah that's just that's stupid yeah the um i, mean, I had a 32 my, my matthias my half elf rogue that i took to the ruby phoenix tournament had a 32 uh a 32 ac but well they had that, that, that was like, not what he was built to do they had that like i don't remember exactly what it's like an etten oni fighter like a two-headed oni uh i think that was one of the encounters we yeah. had yeah and it had I, plus 30 to hit Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah see um what i did is my rogue dashed in invisibly and juiced it nice nice which is what um, he does anna's actually played ruby phoenix because i integrated into a campaign that i ran for her and oh Heather. okay oh, awesome. yeah yeah i that don't know if you realize that that we had ruby phoenix tournament mixed into that game nice okay yeah now we'll be, yeah because you mentioned it and then and after we ran the session that was awesome because that's the only time i played a character from first level to 20th level and we played for like two years and, and yeah and it was a lot of fun. that was my first time i really regularly played 
virtually online and it worked mm-hmm. really really well i loved it it was, nice. we, it was we awesome. were playing pathfinder first mm-hmm. edition yep. and using the mythic rules Oh, oh, yeah. We used the mythic rules, and we used roll twenty, and 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 it was it was actually it was a lot of fun, and, and that got me into virtual gaming, so to speak. Doing Ruby Phoenix is what unlocked the higher tier of the mythic, because they were messing around with mythic before that, and then they mm-hmm. really got into the mythic after Ruby Phoenix. Because I was looking for something big to do to unlock the higher tiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They that was when. So there's a mission in that adventure. I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler free as possible. Where they fight a dragon and yep. it's an aquatic dragon. Yep. I juiced him too. And the the sorcerer in the group summoned a what kind of dinosaur was it, Anna? Do you remember? No, I can't remember what dinosaur it oh, was. It a T Rex, I think. It was No, no, else. it was a it was a um Stegosaurus. Aquatic dinosaur. Oh. It was an Elasmosaurus. No. Yeah, it was an Elasmosaurus. Okay. I think. I think. I'm gonna okay. get it wrong. But we the thing died before its turn and it was summoned. It was so fast and mm-hmm. They made jokes about that freaking dinosaur and how it sacrificed its life so they could defeat the dragon forever. <laughs> yeah, I have even so I was playing uh, my my knife master rogue, who does obscene things when he gets full attack actions because he's obscene. So I killed that dragon in two rounds of combat, and I I I evaded his breath weapon because I'm a rogue. And I just stabbed him like seven times, and he died. <laughs> now, for people people listening who are um, like more beginners in role playing games, and or they're playing Pathfinder Second Edition or D anD D Fifth Edition, Pathfinder First Edition is one of these games where you can kind of win every character. You can kind of win every encounter a character creation because it rewards character design where some of the newer role-playing games are more balanced, if not overly balanced. Like Pathfinder 2nd Edition is very, very tight. The only mm-hmm. way to get an advantage is to work together. There's no, like, character creation trick. Unless you play an alchemist. Yeah. But I kind of like that, that the rules are tighter now. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was getting... Inflation was too much in, to hit an armor class. It was getting stuff, ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah, it was getting ridiculous. So, so I like it that both 5e and Pathfinder 2 have, have kind of reined it in. And a yeah. lot of other game systems, too. We, yeah. we were... I, I got into a conversation with someone about 2nd Edition and how, how you can't power game. And the truth is, you can power game... But you can't power game individually. The only way to get a power game advantage is to work together. But that is a great way of doing it, I think. It it is. I wish the game communicated that a little better. Mm -hmm. Because I I notice a lot of people really struggling with Pathfinder 2nd Edition because they're so used to the old, like, you take your turn and then Mm -hmm. you don't think about other people's turns. And once you start thinking about other people's turns... You can way wipe through most encounters. One thing about Pathfinder Second Edition is the NPC and monster methods use the same rules, so GMs need to think like that too. 
And mm -hmm. so I, I notice a lot of frustration where people are coming from very grindy 3.5 based role playing games. And then they play one of these newer games and they're like, I, I, it's just too hard. And it's like, yeah, because you, you have to think differently. And it, mm -hmm. I think that they'll start, it, it, it will get better, but I really wish that they made it very clear in the first well, in the first chapters where so people could really see differently. So, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, David. Mm -hmm. So a game has been popping up on my YouTube a lot. I was wondering if you've seen it played at Strategicon. Is Lancer RPG? I have no idea. I don't I don't it's, believe so. It's 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 basically advertising that it's like Battletech, but it's not as it's mm. more Battletech for casual mech people rather than Battletech for mech spreadsheet people. <laughs> I haven't seen any of that at the at the con as far as active games going. How was there your was... Battletech game? That was fun. We did the kaiju fight again, and we won. We uh, we we uh, we won by the skin of our teeth. Pacific Rim Battletech. Yeah, it's uh, we're defending a power plant, and the kaiju were coming to destroy it. Cool. The problem is, is one of those kaiju can take out like six mechs easily oh, before yeah. it before it goes down. Well, the kaiju and, are bigger than the mechs, right? Yeah, and we have to do so much damage. Oh my god! So yeah, we started in with uh, five uh, five tank unit five units. They were worth ten thousand points each, and by the third turn, we were down to we we went from uh, we went from uh, uh, twenty mechs down to seven. In, wow. by turn three that were still operating that were still operating the rest of them had all been destroyed or dis uh or uh turned off in one way or another did you do any historicals mean. uh i was supposed to but the guy that was going to run the historical ended up having to work so he last minute canceled which is why i got to play battletech i had free time <laughs> plenty dnd &D? uh i didn't do any uh, fifth edition no i pl just played pathfinder yeah I, I'm just, I, I'm always so th thrilled by Strategicon. One of the things about Strategicon, and, you know, FYI, everybody, I didn't mention this at the beginning of the episode where I was gonna, our last episode was delayed because of computer problems. What was funny is in that episode, in the audio, I make a comment about how I was going to put that episode early so we could shout out Strategicon. So <laughs> I basically jinxed myself. Well, the next one's in May, end of May, the weekend of the twenty seventh. Yeah, Memorial yeah, they have Orcon, Strategicon, and Orcon was. Yeah, Orcon, uh, GameX, and Gateway. Gateway, Gateway are the yeah. three Strategicon conventions, mm -hmm. and they're they're completely interchangeable. Each one focuses on like their special events focus on a specific kind of gaming, like but it's board gaming, RPGs, and um, miniature gaming. Yeah. But it's not like you can't go to any of the three conventions and play any of those. It, yeah, it's exactly. A yeah. lot. And have um, they grown? They they were big even when I was there like six, seven years ago. Yeah. It, last it, it was it got really big and then it shrank and it's uh -huh. starting to come back big again. So yeah, because they managed to survive after the pandemic, mm -hmm. unlike a lot of conventions. Yeah. yeah. And but the community the biggest, is the community yeah. is really strong. Yeah, so they're the biggest uh, RPG-related events in Southern California, I think. Uh, they're Are trying they? to bring they're trying to bring gaming to other events. 
the guy, the uh, the some of the local Comic Cons, like yeah. WonderCon and stuff, are That's starting what... to bring gaming elements into it. But okay, cool. as far as yeah. purely gaming experience, it's the yeah. only, it's the only one in town that I know mm -hmm. of. Yeah, exactly. We don't have we have a lot of other conventions, but yeah. tabletop role playing game conventions, not that many. Yeah. Um, if you go to San Diego, there's a decent amount of them. Yeah. San Diego you have to actually has a go pretty, to San Diego. Yeah, San Diego yeah, has good. a pretty yeah. decent convention scene. Um, there's also some. Um, there's there's a decent convention community in Valencia. Um, a lot of the smaller like comic conventions and nerd conventions have a decent gaming group in like the Magic Mountain Valencia area. Mm. Um, I had a fantastic experience at a GamerCon in Valencia where there was a um, there was a nerd burlesque show. I don't remember what the company was called, that but it was fun. really fun. It was really, yeah. really fun. Yeah, mm. um, they um, they did. Um, Friday by Rebecca Black with the with the dancer dressed up like Jason. So That's you get awesome. to see Jason from Friday the thirteenth with um tassels and pasties. It's Friday. That's great. <laughs> uh the HMGS out here, the the Miniatures Gaming Society, uh, they do a small weekend event usually in October out in Orange County, out by Fullerton, but that's just two days. Um and that's I, primarily historic. That's the HMGS, the Historical Miniatures Gaming Miniature Gaming Society. Well, our our topic is going to branch out into conventions because mm -hmm. we're yeah, but yeah, because you still got to do you still got to well. do your nerdy yeah, thing. I, yeah, so I was going to say of, you are not. I, getting I out still of need it, to do my nerdy thing. So okay, <laughs> so I was incredibly derailed by having to restore last episode, and so there i'm i'm working on getting that episode today um so and you will have seen it already if you're listening to this um, the nerdy thing you did was fix your computer no no um there is more um so i got a very sweet phone call from erica and my niece lee no um i say sweet in quotation marks uh -oh. <laughs> so Erica called me and was like, "You need to talk to your niece now." <laughs> oh Jesus! And I went, "What? What's going on?" She's trying to install a Minecraft mod pack, and she's never played Java before, and she's getting JavaScript errors, and I don't know what. What? What? Wait, wait! She's getting JavaScript. Why would she be getting JavaScript errors? Are you sure they're not Java errors? No, they're JavaScript errors. Are you sure they're not Java? I don't know. I don't care. I don't want to deal with this. Talk to her. And I went, okay. And I, in the background, I can hear Lee screaming that she has to get this set up so she can play with her friends. And I immediately talked to her and I'm like, calm down. It's okay. We can work this out. No worry. Uncle Brian's here. We'll figure it out. And um, she didn't know anything. So I... After a number of questions, I was able to send her some, send them some YouTube videos, and um, the next day I heard back mm -hmm. the nerdy part of this, and this is mostly Lee. So Lee sends me. Let me get my text message up. Oh God! All right. So the next day, I'm like, "Did it work?" 
and they're like, yeah, yeah, it did. Thank you so much. And I went, you never did tell me what the mod pack was. And it is a mod pack that could only have been... So this was Lee's friend made this. It could only have been created by a 15-year-old. It's got like 40 mods in it. <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm like, dear God, some of these don't even go together. It's like they were just like, let's put everything Minecraft-related um, but, um, the nerdy thing I did is, so in Minecraft, um, there are two big platforms. There's Bedrock and there's Java. Bedrock is what people play on consoles like Xbox. And Java is what people play on PCs. You can play Bedrock on a PC, but Java is the original version of the game that was released. And then when Microsoft got the game, they came out with Bedrock they're a little different because Bedrock is designed with C++ programming language and Java is Java. So um, when I was on the phone with Lee, I said, well, congratulations. I owe you a, a lot of respect for betraying your console brotherhood and um, coming to the PC master race with Java and leaving Bedrock. <laughs> they were cracking up ridiculously told their mom what i said i was very 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 pleased with myself for being a nerdy uncle um other than that um i played some pathfinder this week i played my now 10th level um me alchemist which oh, is a cat folk alchemist me alchemist <laughs> me alchemist is a cat folk alchemist oh wow that's awesome <laughs> um when I, we started I, that I campaign, I, I don't my even friend. know why, but I get a visceral reaction every time I hear you say that for some reason. And I just, Alchemist, that, oh, that's, good that's God. Awesome. I, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but when we started that campaign, I called my friend Sandro, who is, let's just say he meows a lot. Mm. Um, he, he got, he, he works at a casino and got slowly driven insane by a slot machine that meows. And, <laughs> and I asked him, what should I play in this new game? And he said, I don't care, but it, you have to do some kind of meow pun. And I said, okay, I'll play a me alchemist. Oh, I bet you came up on that with that one in like a split second and you, you had well yeah because of the sound because alchemist yeah. mm -hmm. and meow alchemist it it's not an a sound it's an ow sound already a few people i know that will come up with that pun that quickly it's amazing yep um i'm terrible at puns i it, it, i think that's why so many of my puns land because i often can't think of them so I don't share them when I, I think know of Brian for 10 years and he, he he's come up with so many awesome puns that it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. We need to, we <laughs> listeners need to come up with Anna episode bingo, where when Anna's <laughs> on the episode, there's little things that happen that have to be marked off. It's like, Anna wins. <laughs> what's starting with you? Anna talks about how funny and how good of a GM Brian is. <laughs> um, and then, um, oh, on top of that um i i got myself a um a used um a used sata hard drive cloner which may have had something to do with the episode getting lost last week um and um 
I'm sure there was more, but I think that's it. I um I was pretty active this week. I um I went to uh yoga and um got inflammation of the cartilage in my in my um sternum. So I was having chest pains that feel like you're having some kind of heart problem. So you're telling me you stretched too much. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Um, cause I'm still recovering from that rib injury from when we had the ice storm. And I don't know if you know, but I, I, I went, I went, um, head over tea kettle. I fell forward. My feet flew out from under me and I landed right here. Yeah. As, as my grandpa would say, he went ass over tea kettle and then uh, <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's, it's no fun because you can't no, laugh. And, mm -hmm. and, and I remember when I, yeah, that's another story. When you fortunately, yeah, um, it's very hard for me to break my bones. <laughs> okay. I got a bad bruise. Um, my doctor thought it might have been a sprain, but it's recovered so fast that it probably was a bruise. Um, I mean, I mean when you drink five gallons of milk a day, it's not completely recovered. I I'm I don't eat dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not really a vegan because I was when we started the podcast and so much has changed, but I have been dairy free for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mostly because my wife is lactose intolerant, but okay. Um, Whatever lets you sleep at night, mate. Is, is a compound, not a, a oh, no, different <laughs> argument. Um, so... <laughs> We're just going to confuse um, some of our listeners. Sorry, like, I didn't mean to be over here pushing buttons. I, was, I wasn't trying to be over here pushing buttons. <laughs> that's, I, I, I think that's your job on the podcast is push buttons. What's going on with the extra dimensional portal when you're not? Uh, anyway, um, so that was my nerdy thing. I did a bunch of stuff. I mean, it was mostly getting mired in podcast stuff and... Um, Trying to unfuck a fucked up hard drive. Yeah. I, I, oh, so we're on to voting, and I want everyone to think really hard that Anna didn't do anything nerdy. She talked about what she's going to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm preparing <laughs> to do something nerdy. Yes. Fair. I mean, yep. you can argue that she, mm -hmm. she did something nerdy by having those things in her possession and yeah, showing them and off. And, uh, by the way, listeners, yeah. if you're if you're curious about seeing that stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio and sign up for our... Be a patron, and you can see our video and see that. But um, I... so nerd, nerd show and tell is a lot of fun sometimes. <laughs> er, er, Ada, you have four widgets. Who would you like to give them to? I have to give one to myself because I think it was kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but I, I, and, and I, and then I have to, to give two to, to David because oh, to, going to a convention is kind of cool and I miss that. And I, I so, and then I give my the last one to, 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 to Brian for saving his computer and stuff. But it, it, despite the, the fact that it should, it's his job to work with computers and stuff. So, so yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I, you know, what's, what's funny is, the few times I do win this game, it's when I share something I do at work. And it, it's <laughs> funny that I don't do it very often. 
You do um, that, but you work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I there, there was that one time where I was writing PowerShell code, and I used that as my nerdy thing, and David was like, yeah, you win. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brian's like, oh, this one time at work, <laughs> I did something extremely nerdy. What about you, David? Uh, let's see. I'm going to give one to myself just because. <laughs> I'm then going to give two to Anna and one to Brian because, Brian, you did a, a very, very good job. I'm going to give all four to Anna. Right. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to give three to Anna and one to David because I, you know, and, and it's one of those things that if Anna wasn't here, David would be getting a lot more widgets. But <laughs> I mean, you know, at, as, as of next next time you're on Anna, any mentions of Ed Greenwood are disqualified. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> I will have better ones that well, well that might be hard, but somehow I'll, I'll trump it. Yep. <laughs> My NDA will be lifted by then. So I, I, <laughs> oh, I, God, I can funny. give the disclaimer that unless they're in person, this will I, be. With, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I did never know. Are you yeah, allowed right. to share? when are you allowed to share when you can reveal because i don't know when yet you don't so, know so, when okay, yeah i can't okay. i when when the product is announced i can talk about it and i okay. don't know when it's going to be announced so we won't yeah. speculate because we don't want to get you in trouble yeah, it might but... be at, exactly it might be in at, at gary connor it might be later so yeah 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 we'll 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 find out i mean we know it's yeah. rpg related but we mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to go into deeper than that because people have yeah. gotten in trouble for that kind of thing mm-hmm. on podcasts and we're not going to do that and and you know if we instigate it we could be the target of that too oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um i so we're going to talk about networking which means we are going to talk about conventions and stuff but we're not going to talk about any kind of ner- networking we're do- we're going to talk about nerdy networking and networking related to nerdy stuff it's going to be and there's going to be a lot of like personal like stories of networking and maybe like tips people can share about like how to meet people but first anna asks a question to the table we'll start with anna when i say networking or nerdy networking or any kind of networking what am i talking about what is networking for me it's to find like-minded people to share your passion with with whatever nerdy project you're working on so to speak games video games miniatures painting stuff or or whatever it is it is computer nerddom and stuff to to find because often we don't have it in, at home in our families. We might not not neighbors and relatives might not be super into whatever nerdy things we might be putting a lot of emphasis. Maybe even have as as our jobs. So, yeah. So so that that means that you have to go and find these people, whether it's for real or virtual, meaning online somewhere. It can be hanging out video chats. It can be on Discord. It can be just posting on forums and stuff. So there are many, many different ways you can do it. But for me, it's reaching out and, and collaborate or, or just sharing thoughts and, and, and just hang out with people that share my passion and understand what I'm doing. That, that to me is networking when it comes David, to my mapping you, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. David, do you have a take on networking? I the most of the networking I the most networking I do in geek spaces is like you know sitting down at a table with a game and hey looking for another, anyone else want to play and you know trying to you know meeting new people through gaming spaces and the Pathfinder Society was really good at that because oftentimes you'd be sat at a table with four people you'd never met before 
you're also you're also often i know this about you is you're often the person who knows people who are good at networking and just rope you into that so you don't have to do anything exactly yeah like my um, goal is to do as little as i can like so. the cul-de-sac crew <laughs> like us <laughs> i found that me just being so i'm going to share my answer to the question because oh, i was going to tangent mm. as i often do but um my answer is 100% the same as Anna, uh, but I'd like to add that networking is also keeping track of those people and mm. keeping engaged with those people. It's not just meeting them. It's also the skill of coordinating and, you know, it's sort of like reaching, you know, you like once you have someone in your circle and networking can be a little utilitarian too it's not just making friends it could also also be keeping track of people and this is going to sound this is going to sound very pragmatic but it's also keeping track of people as assets and it's not necessarily using people it's knowing what you can ask for help with and knowing who would be able to and if and if it's successful it's also reciprocal i mean if you're if you have a network you're also part of that network so it's a complex skill set it's something that i wouldn't say i'm great at it, but it's something I have been good at because, you know, like, you don't always keep in touch with people, but if you have a strong network, you don't always have to because, you know, once you have that network, people will reach out to you. Like, if Anna hasn't heard from us in a while, she'll reach out to us. Um, and that was the reason why I thought of this topic for this episode, because Anna is a big example of a networking thing. You would think that I reached out to her, but it was the other way around. <laughs> um, we were doing organized play games, and she just showed up at the table and was like, I'm recently here from Sweden. Here's my card. I want to play, and I want to be part of the gaming community in the area. And I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just realized I had to. So, so yeah, so... so i where do people where do gamers hang out game stores so i just went mm. there and and bought a, a book uh, the, the pathfinder book the core world book i had the 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 because it just came out so i realized i needed it i had it in pdf so and then i was like there's some people sitting playing pathfinder over there so let's and let's, my uh, my yeah. thing was similar is i went to PaizoCon and i didn't really understand what organized play was so i started i mean even after going to the convention i had no clue nobody was really explaining it in a good way i mean yeah. they just assumed everybody knew oh, yeah. so i went to a couple of game shops and happened to meet somebody who was part of that community and was like go on warhorn go to these game shops and we went on Warhorn and found a shop that was starting Pathfinder Society Organized Play and met those people. And then 
I started helping them with organization and started realizing I want to play more games. So I went on social media and started promoting those games and then got involved in the official organization. The network formed from just playing and running a whole bunch of games, going to a lot of events and meeting people. And then when we when we started the podcast, I didn't even intentionally realize, oh, I know a whole bunch of people in gaming. There'd be good ho- there'd be good guests. It just happened. So I have to say, from my perspective, it was never on purpose. Networking was never like I'm making a point of networking and meeting people. It was just by doing the things I like, a network formed. And yeah. I think a lot of people view networking as a dirty word because they think of it as like meeting people and using people. I think it's a descriptive word. I think it's just some people, I mean, with any kind of terminology, you have people that are going to use people. And that's why networking, like some people, you know, they'll go to an event and it's like, why are you at this event? Networking. Do you care about the event? No. (laughs) Then it's pushing it too far. But for my, I think that I... The way what the way I use other people, I expect and presume that other people use me the same way, and I'm good. I'm okay with it. That that's my kind of general rule. If if I would accept someone else trying to reach out to me and and ask me about things and 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 do things and stuff, and and, and that way, if it if I know that it's it works both ways, I'm good with it, so to speak. If I accept other people doing it to me, then then I think I can get away doing it to others. But it is, and it's also now tricky because I rely on it as my day job for my career, so to speak. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this full time, which means that that it's a necessary. And that also means that sometimes it feels like a, a work, so to speak. It feels like it's sure, especially the, the online stuff, going to Facebook and stuff. Social media now fe- feels like a chore, like work for me, not not and it seems like the most it's like doing taxes or, or, or I agree with you or invoicing you. or whatever so social media has become like okay I need to do it occasionally I need to look at it at least every other day and once a day keep an eye out for, for things and, anybody and, who knows yeah. me for a long time knows I used to be very active on social media Same and then here. I, yeah. I, I stopped doing it after the podcast because yeah. it's mm-hmm. like yeah I mean I'm on there for the podcast but I don't want to do yeah. it at all anymore yeah, mm, fair enough. It, it's still there's still moments, and and it gives me chances, and 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 keep track of things and and stuff. But but it's starting to feel like a chore. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to grow through social media, but that's marketing. That's another thing. But it's tangential from 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 some networking. But it's it's important to. There's so many venues and so many ways you can do networking, both in person and 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 through various media online so to speak that works both ways so and there's, that is there's platforms tricky. like discord which are really great because they don't exactly. feel like social media because it, exactly. they're just community platform yeah and yeah. and it's 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 auto filtered and it's only there is no ads there's no, no it's not just like a stream of stuff and, and even discord is starting to feel like i'm and feel like things are going past me I'm, I'm starting to get over it the problem is that i'm so many people tag me 
and I'm not famous by any stretch of the imagination, so I could just imagine real famous people. But I have a normal day when I open up Discord in the morning. I usually have like 80 to 150 notifications on Facebook. A if I, I have 200 a day, and Anna, uh, Anna, yeah. you are a lot more famous than you give yourself credit for. Well, but I will say your name to a room of people that I don't know have ever heard of you, and people will be like, "Oh yeah, Anna." In certain wow. communities. <laughs> It, exactly. Yeah. One of the things yeah. that's fun about <laughs> name dropping Anna at a convention is I do it to see what people say, because usually it it they'll tell me some story that Anna said. And uh -oh. it's funny hearing those stories from someone else because I've heard <laughs> a lot of them. Um, yeah, but <laughs> my favorite was I went to a PaizoCon and I mentioned that I was I I was there and Anna was there you know I'm a friend of hers and someone said oh Anna Meyer the most interesting woman in the world <laughs> uh oh yeah oh that's funny but, who but, was but it, that who was that that said that I don't know but it's accurate. I think that was Brian nice I think that was Lots Brian no no from um. From Kobol. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Brian Suskind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I he's think awesome. So. Yep. But yeah, but it's it's you I try to break it up and 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 to have fun. And that's the thing. And and for me it's like like we said before we started the show. I said I'm a, I'm a I'm kind of a I love to network at times. I love to socialize and intense periods, short periods, very intensely for a few hours or a day. I love to to go to Gen Con like once a year or go to a convention and have couple three four days like now going to gary con 10 days will be stretching it and and after that i want to go home and not seeing a person but i love to socialize really intensely for a few days and then go home and don't even look at my email for two days not talk to anybody yeah. just sit and do my thing go hiking and work on my maps and then come up and see or oh, is the rest of the world still there again a lot of people are the other way around they want socialize to to a little bit of degree continuously i'm like a loner and then socialize and then loner again and then intensely socialize i'm one or the other i i love both but i want either not seeing a person not talk to anybody or i want to sit around the table with 10 people and intensely socialize i I think I'm one of those people who thought that they were extroverted because they get a lot yeah. of energy from talking to people. But I have found that I need to recharge my social batteries quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I and I think I learned that by doing so many intense social things to the point where I was having like panic attacks from it and didn't realize that I had social anxiety. But a lot of that is connected to like ADHD and stuff. And yeah. it, it's like at first there's a lot of dopamine from social encounters but then over time that starts to erode and feed into anxiety mm -hmm. um but i i think it's like one of the things i do when it comes to networking and i i don't think of it as networking I think of it as once a year, and I haven't done this this year. This actually came up because David was saying that he was scheduling some upcoming guests on the podcast, and he looked at our spreadsheet, and there was nobody on. At the beginning of the year, I do this social map where I make a mind map of all the people I'm connected to, 
And if it has to do with the podcast, I'll reach out and do guest invites. If it if it's a friend, I'll say, okay, am I reaching out? Is this a friend I'm kind of losing touch with? Do I need so I do that once a year, you maybe twice a year, depending, but I try to reach out to people and kind of keep in touch. And there's a few people on that list that I haven't reached out to in a while. Um then there's um it's like um, do I need to reach out in person to people that I haven't seen in a long time? Oh, speaking of which, uh, we're going to be in Southern California in May. Oh, sweet. Um, we, and depending you, on the weekend, I'll probably two, be at Ren Fair. We have to get together and do something then. Yeah, yeah, you two are on the list of trying to figure something out. Well, I'll let you know the dates. I was going to say, depending on what weekend, you'll probably have to come to Ren Fair because I'm going to be at Fair. So... There's worse places to go to than Ren Fair, I think. Yeah. Well, Does Ren Fair I, have I, I work front gate. So... Does Ren Fair have any complimentary mobility devices? No. Oh, that yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. No, they're strictly bring your own. Yeah. And and those dirt trails, it's like you have to get a good one. Mm -hmm. You have to build a medieval looking one too. <laughs> Or, there are several a, people or one that, that looks their... like a time machine. There There's... was this lady at the steampunk convention that had a motorized wheelchair that looked like um um uh Davros's um Davros's um wheelchair from Doctor Who, the hover platform with the little Dalek Ooh, balls and nice. There was uh there was one guy at oh um that's what I didn't talk about for the game con. Uh the the one in February nowadays ends up taking place the same weekend as Gallifrey One every year. So there was a huge Doctor Who convention at the next at the next hotel over. So there's some spillover sometimes. And I was going to the I was going up to the elevator to go to my room at one point and there's a giant uh Dalek that was sitting there waiting for the elevator. <laughs> That was great. I I remember I that particular weekend when that both conventions are going on at the same time. I knew people who worked at both conventions. Mm -hmm. How on earth? It's like you. I have trouble doing anything fun when I work at one convention, right? <laughs> but I guess the. A lot of the motivation people for have for working at Gallifrey One is it's a hard convention to get into, mm -hmm. and two, you're probably going to meet a celebrity. It still has that that like you could run into some person who played the doctor in an elevator type of feel. Yeah, absolutely. That's giving. It's growing into a pretty good sized con. So, it's like the American Doctor Who convention. It's it it did lose some lose some size after the pandemic and also after yeah. what people consider the ep the seasons of doctor who where it lost its popularity in america but there. i think that's coming back now that disney plus is doing oh, doctor who also now that tenant's back yeah well well he he's he was back for a special he was back for a special i know the, the new doctor's good though i've seen i've seen uh I've seen a, a a little bit of it. We're talking about something Anna has no contact with at all. I know no, you've I, never I, really I, been a Doctor Who fan. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. But no problem. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was just that was the the convention going on next door while I was at the the Hilton. Well, I think <laughs> one of the best things about networking and geek 
culture is it's easier for us than for like other industries because we can just go to gaming cons which are fun you know we're not going to like yeah there's one thing we all generally have at least one thing in common what's like um (laughs) um heather my wife heather took up some fish keeping uh, fish keeping as a hobby and she was like i'd like to get to know some of the people in the community and i was like there's a club and she was like, how do you know? And I went, there, there always is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the bigger clubs in the country is here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. There, there, so we went to a convention. It, it, was, it, was, it was boring. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not sh- into fishkeeping. I'm sure it was. <laughs> now you get the chance to see other people go to tabletop role-playing game convention yeah. and, and oh, yeah, not playing, so to speak. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I think the tabletop roping game community is is different from I, I'm active in some other communities, photography, aviation and, and stuff. And one thing that I think is is the tabletop roping community, everybody in there, you play cooperatively. You don't mm-hmm. you're not competitive. It's not like chess or anything like that. You're not supposed to beat your opponent and your the, your fellow players, you want to play with them to to win, so to speak. The only way of, of winning you the, winning a game if you can call it that is by cooperating with your other fellow players. So so that I think is a certain personality type that likes to cooperate on doing things rather than to to beat the other ones trying to be yeah. smarter or faster or, or whatever so so it's it's much less competitive environment so mm-hmm. so and i really really love that part of the tabletop role-playing game community it it makes more fun if you if you can compromise and collaborate with your with the others you can all have more fun yeah. and and almost but, everybody who plays tabletop role-playing game regularly have figured this out which yeah, means that what, you take the edge off yeah it's not even just the role-playing community too the the soul sorry brian the whole uh the whole board the whole gaming community that these cons in general yes yes, there are a few bad apples that you know are unsportsmanlike and don't know how to play yeah but on the most part Mm -hmm. we're playing games man we're here to have fun exactly yep Mm -hmm. yep And and oh, I yeah. love that part. It's it's so awesome that you can sit down and and, and there's so many niche nerddoms, sub nerddoms, so to speak. We can all be tabletop role playing gamers or board gamers and or miniature gamers and stuff. But even within those niches that are people are interested in 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 painting miniatures or doing maps or or oh, yeah. making rules or character portraits or, or 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 dice or whatever. So so there's so many specialities that are are kind of half into that you can share meaning i don't build minute i don't use miniatures and i don't build terrain and stuff but now mm-hmm. see that is awesome i can i can see the beauty of it and and i can talk to them and when mm-hmm. i do maps they might not use it but they're interested because it's we can that there are things that add to the overall experience mm-hmm. and and that's so cool you can you can widen your horizon so to speak oh, yeah. and and it, it's so much i love that we live in the age of nerdom in that sense it's mm-hmm. it's awesome yeah oh, it got me one one night late night it was after around midnight we started i sat down with a group of people i didn't know i had never met any of them before we were playing nuclear war yeah and uh it turns out they were uh they were uh role players from the larp community mm-hmm. so we all got into characters and it made yep. that game so much more fun exactly yep mm-hmm. yep that, that's, uh, yeah it's it, so and now what i think another 
really cool this day and age is that now the digital tools have caught up. Meaning mm -hmm. now we can not only like we do this podcast, you can yeah, interact, we're not, communicate, play online. Yeah. We're, 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 we're not yeah. limited by having to actually be face to face. We can, exactly. We, we can, can do it over yeah. long, much longer distances now. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I do almost exclusively game online these days. Yeah. And, and in many ways, it's kind of awesome because then you can use computers for what it's good at presenting stuff mm -hmm. and keep track of stuff. That, I need to learn how to use Roll20 better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there, but there are many different VT. No, I know there's there. some there's good ones. There's a new ones, one released but... every week. So, so oh, if, yeah. if you don't like the current one, wait a a, a couple of days or a month, then Fair. a new one pops up. You, you might like that one. So yeah. Fair. So, so yeah. it's 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 exploding at the moment. So so it's 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 coming, and, and so the tools are getting better, and they're also now so integrated and stuff, and you can you can kind of keep track, and also mm. the way you can. You can put together your own nerdy information in order to to build your own little nerddom and share mm -hmm. it with others. Those tools are also not only getting better, but they're getting cheaper. There's yeah. so many open source stuff and and and, yeah. and that you can use and stuff. And so. with the onset of the digital tools, it's actually attracting people that are more traditionally prone to just playing video games exactly. or doing other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I can get into this because it's something yeah. I'm interested mm -hmm. in. Yeah. And, so and so you can network and, and broaden your horizons. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. 20 years ago, guys that played D&D &D were a very small niche yep. that were looked down on by almost yep. everybody else in the gaming world. Yep. Yep. And, and that that is also something that now we are, from a being someone who sat in basements and played mm -hmm. in didn't talk to anybody now we become mainstream and that gives us both um, a lot more opportunities mm -hmm. and and taken seriously I mean, we but still also... sit in basements and play games but now yeah. we can buy our t-shirts at target yeah. instead mm -hmm. of uh... yeah but the only, but that also means that now we have the responsibility of reaching out to more people because there are a lot more people who, who now dare to be interested in it and and are interested in it so so it's a responsibility to try and bring in and think this is like podcast stuff like this, that media that are, are cheap, easy, accessible, and you can kind of get into to the hobby or, or related hobbies and, and, and stuff and keep a safe environment for people that are different or, or, or kind of a little bit shy and, and, and don't know what to do. And that's the other thing that I think it's important in networking and when you build communities and stuff is to be forgiving and inclusive and not hateful. Mm -hmm. and, and 100%. Yeah. That is the best thing about the gaming community that I can mm -hmm. find is just yep. how safe and how inclusive it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. And yep. we generally on the whole, we don't suffer obnoxious, bigoted people like that. But, they quickly make enemies and are quickly ostracized. Yeah. And most of us are, <laughs> if we are nerds, we usually have one of these traits ourselves. So, so we know we've been on both sides, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I have been on the side of being handling conflict badly <laughs> and i have been on the side of handling conflict well i yep. consider those failures as character building yep. absolutely mm -hmm. yep. um one of the things that i find that can make gaming just like any social interaction that can make gaming convention or any kind of nerdy gathering more fun or more toxic is alcohol yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. um I I yeah. have been the person who has had too much to drink and caused a problem. I have also been the person who has stopped the person who has had too much to drink causing a problem. I was once the guy that got so drunk he fell asleep at his table while GMing. 
Oh, oh that's <laughs> funny. I haven't heard that one. Oh, yeah, that was great. We're, luckily, no. Grant was done with his game Uh-oh. and just literally sat down next to me, scooted the screen over, and kept GMing. I I told the story just a few episodes ago, but I was the person who was accused of being a belligerent drunk person who was sober. Mm. That was such a weird thing that happened when... Oh, yeah. I, I'm just so glad that it was it was not a big deal, but it was it was yeah. a funny drama moment that people talked about for years. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Mine was one of the first cons where we had a, a corporate sponsorship, and it was with uh, uh it was with uh, Stolajnaya. So we all got <laughs> schnicked oh, one night before right. before oh, night slot. Choose your sponsors wisely. <laughs> me being a larger guy, the yeah. drinks that were being poured for me were a lot stronger than everyone else's. Oh God. And uh, yeah, I I honestly don't remember how that night ended, but apparently Uh-oh. I fell I was literally fell asleep at the table while GMing. I'm, I was in the middle of a game. You failed. You failed your save there. Your con I failed save. my con save. I've told out. I've told my almost drunken fight at a table story before, but I do wanna I do wanna clear something up. The reason why I was drinking so much is because the GM had it in his head that he thought it would be a fun idea to make the the um the adventure we were playing was about drinking games. So he made the adventure a drinking game. Oh god. Which ended up being bad because you had people at the table drinking a whole lot more than they usually do because they wanted to win. And it I have to say I I must, I mean, I remember every detail of it, so it wasn't too bad, but I do remember um, there was a person there who de-escalated the conflict by bringing a couple beers to the table and saying, hey, you guys just stop and settle this. Whoever can drink the drink a beer first is right. Oh, Jesus. And I, um, we both went, okay, sounds good, and I won. Yay. And the other person honored it. Yay! Deals only work if they're honored. Yeah, the other person honored it, so it was it was fine. But I do have to say, I threatened to I, I threatened to break that guy's teeth. <laughs> I kind of I don't recommend that unless it's people that you will hang out with, friends that you will drink with in, in other occasions. If that goes well, then you can probably do drinking games together. But I yeah, I'm, but I'm strangers. The, yeah, I'm the, no. yeah, I'm the last person in the world to give anyone drinking advice because I don't drink myself. So I should definitely don't give anyone advice on 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 not to drink or, or it or was it, yeah. it 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 was an interesting time. I yeah. I. I do have to say, and the game the game went so bad because I mean, one I person at the table yeah. had gotten so smashed that they were just like, "I, I, I, what do I roll? I don't know what I'm doing. What's going on?" <laughs> yeah. Uh. But, but, yeah, but I've I've been in game sessions where people have responsibly drunk, and I haven't felt that that has been a bad thing at all. It's probably added to, to the game, too. So, so Oh, yeah, responsibly drunk can be fun. Exactly. There, there, there are people, uh, meaning I don't rarely even touch alcohol, so so I, I never... I, I, my, my alcohol consumption is probably per year what most people drink per week, so, so, so it, it's... I'm not an absolutist, but very close. Yeah. I... I, I I cut back. I mean, back then, I think my 30s were sort of like my 
go to cons and party phase where I was drinking a lot more, but I, boy, I, I escalated my drinking in those convention days. And then I went, I became a teetotaler for a while. And then when I picked up alcohol again, it was like, it was like, boy, I'm like, I, I can't drink like I used to. And it was just like, yeah. And now it's like, we buy a bottle of vodka and it stays in the freezer for a year. We drink one glass each and then we're done. And we're sort of like at the level where we're like perfectly moderating, but mm. I I I think back then I was drinking too much. I, I think one of those things about networking is networking is like a machine and alcohol is and people describe it as a social lubricant and it can definitely lubricate that machine to the point where the machine falls apart. Agreed. <laughs> But that's the other thing when you when you do it virtually, then then the problem stays with you, so to speak. Yeah. And, and it's so in that sense that then you don't know the, the what what the the tr- kind of hidden traits the other one the other people have when you when you do it online. So in that sense, it's both and networking online and virtual is both less dangerous, but it's also can be much more frustrating because that way you have to moderate harder because the anonymity is, is some people use it so so it gets hateful and un, un, unsafe so to speak well i when i that, i'm that not physical. sure what we covered when i stepped away to use the restroom and, but i'm going to ask this and you can tell me if you covered it already um we we talked about conventions as far as virtual networking what's the best digital tool for maintaining relationships and virtual networking? And this is a subjective question. Yeah, for for me, it's Discord at the moment. Me too. Yeah, Yeah, because you have, the the beauty of Discord is that it works both text and you can put little, uh, you can share files with it and Mm -hmm. you can also talk and stuff. And you get each little group you have each little subgroup separate as a separate server. So you can you can keep conversations with this friend circle or this topic in in that meaning. I have there's like one little server I do for my games and and another one for my patron and 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 another one with you guys and et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm probably a member of 30 of them or, or something like that. And th- they pop up. So, so it, and you can also be some way you can keep track of, of software or, or, or convention or whatever. I do that too. I have, yeah. I have software discords that I use just for checking software exactly. updates. You can see, and... Exactly. You can see stuff and you can add, it's perfect support for it. So yeah, Discord, it's great for technical yeah. support and yeah. actually meeting developers. If you're working with software. Yeah. I, I love it when I ask a question in a software forum and it's like the developer answers the question and it's yeah. like, oh and my it, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it, I, I pay the the basic fee to to get like a little bit bigger files I can put in there and stuff. Yeah. And it costs like 20 bucks a year. Yeah. The Nitro Boost is not bad. Yeah. No, I have yeah. become more of a lurker on our Discord because I do so much administration that I'm not as involved in the conversations every once in a while i'll pop in there yeah. and share something yeah. but but that's the um, beauty of having mods they're the ones that are supposed to generate the uh well, generate the, the things <laughs> one of the things about our um discord that i really like and this goes back to networking is we accidentally created some communities we had people start recapping the episodes and putting in comments and creating threads that 
I mean, Ahmad did that, but it was never asked for. Yeah. It was a cool thing. Thank you. I was like, oh, neat. Awesome. Yay. And and we've also had other patrons just decide to do that too. Like Kicha is just just like, I hope it's okay that I did this. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. It's cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, but one of the neat little communities we accidentally created on Discord is a critical role community. Mm -hmm. We made a channel for it and then one day David and Holly were just watching Critical Role together in a in a voice chat and yep, that, that has become that has become a thing that's just there sometimes. Yep. I'll whenever the episodes are on I'll hop on if anyone's hanging out I'll hop in but otherwise uh, yeah, I'll I'll hop in voice for a minute and then sit there for 5 or 10 till if no one else shows up I'll just log out but you know what? I have so, lots fun. of ideas for things I can do on there and one of these days I'll do one of them. I All I've right. been you know, I talk about games I play online, and it's like Discord has a streaming feature. I mean, yeah. I could just go on there and stream. And yeah, um, I I think Discord is pretty great. Adam introduced me to Discord. Oh, I did. Yeah, I first started using Discord for my WoW guild. So <laughs> I I wasn't playing very many online games at the time, so I just avoided Discord forever. And then you and I had done something that you sent me a Discord invite for something. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember if it was a game or what. I think it might have been that D and D game I played for a short while well, before yeah. when you were playing Pathfinder at first, and I didn't want yeah. to play anymore after we switched to D and D. I just didn't want to buy books. And well, fair enough. I well, we don't use books. Yeah. We 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 just use the the rules. I I put all the my house rules in Obsidian. So so I know, but I go. Yeah. I I oh, made it's, such it's, a Pathfinder investment. Exactly. So it you, was, you have yeah. to relearn stuff, and and so yeah, so yeah. And it was one of those things that I didn't want to fight it because I knew how the majority of people who were there. Oh, yeah, felt. They, they they felt the other way around, and and I also felt, and it's kind of I I. The, and and choosing rule system that's something we should we should have a whole episode about so to speak because it, that's a big big that thing. was yeah. that was one of the things that was an interesting thing on how i found the pathfinder game i'm in right now it totally was networking mm -hmm. in that i had i had a relationship with another podcast yeah. and somebody who was involved with that podcast I posted on Facebook and said, I'm looking for a game to play. And they were like, well, I've seen your name. I know who you are. I know you know this person. Would you like to play with us? We'll give you a chance. And I was like, yeah, but sorry, that, that, the game filled. Yeah, and I was that, like, oh, and then it an opening came up and I joined and it's been a good group. I, I love playing with the Canadians. I call that my Canadian gaming group. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the beauty of, of once you if you network enough, all sorts of opportunities will be open to you. Because you know enough people, and people know you, so so it's 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 that wonderful that that means that if you're well connected and have a good network, they will be there for you when needed, so to speak. So if you want to join a game or you want to you you have a problem, especially nerdy problems like computer problems or or I want to figure out how to to do something or accomplish something within that nerd nerddom of of that network if you're well networked you will have an answer immediately someone will point you out to a web website or they will chat with you for 10 minutes or half an hour or or they will drown you in in information about whatever because there's someone there who's an expert at whatever thing you're interested in and and it's a need and that's I think is 
is one of the beauties of, of, of networking is that you find like-minded people that are sometimes the best, the, the, the biggest expert in the world on what you're, you're trying to do or interested yeah. in. Yeah. I, I am going, actually, no, I'm not going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you a networking related question in the bonus episode, which Ooh. we're going to start soon. So I'm going to say, there we go. Um, so, Thank you, Anna, so much for joining us. I think I, this was one of our more in-depth topics, and I think our listeners are going to be spoiled because we get two really, really in-depth episodes in, in a row. Um, I'm going to tell you before we sign off, Anna, so people can hear your reaction. We talked about rules in gaming last time. Oh, if you want to listen to that it was really good. It was really good. We talked a lot about how arguments form and stuff like that. And and yeah. we talked about rule exploits. We talked about the peasant the peasant railgun. Which which it's is neat. Gun. It yeah. It, it listen to the episode. You can find out yep. what that is. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. stupid. I'm That's going what to go it back is. and do that. Right it's now. pretty yep. stupid. It's pretty stupid. Well, you can't right now because it's not up yet. It was the episode that was lost and I have oh, to repost okay. it today. Oh, You'll damn. see it. Yep. You'll see it oh, soon. Because awesome. I'm gonna do yep. it after we're done recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um but um thank you so much. And um I just want to say, listeners, if you want to hear our bonus episode, you can go to patreon.com slash radio. Um, I have been super big and Brian. I'm joined by David, the other guy who's here with Anna. Uh, bye, everybody. And fantasy cartographer, Adam, Anna B. Meyer. Thank you so much. Um, I didn't I mean, give you a you. chance for a promo, so please do that real quick. I forgot. I was so excited oh, no, to have you here. No worries. Yeah, so, you can go to AnnaBMeyer.com uh, or you can go to Patreon.com forward slash AnnaBMeyer and you can find my work there. And See, Brian, um, See, Brian we're, that's, we're, that, that's, now, that's now four Patreon plugs in this episode. Eric is going to be very short with you. If we... <laughs> Eric is very short with everybody. <laughs> I had to. She scares um, me. We, oh, you should be. I watched her. I watched her give a guy a bloody nose once. It was pretty amazing. Um, the um, sorry. <laughs> way to throw me off. Talk about my derailment. Um, <laughs> um, where do people find you on Twitch, or do they just go to the website and find it there? Yeah, and it's uh, twitch.tv uh, forward slash Anna underscore B underscore Meyer. Okay. And, and also on the Lord Guzumba uh, channel on Twitch as well on Sundays and Wednesdays usually. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome, everyone. Thanks for listening. Show. We don't need to be the podcast.